Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, every aquarium is a unique microcosm with different looks, goals, and processes that it embraces. These things depend upon a variety of environmental inputs, internal processes, and external influences, such as the organisms within the system or plants and so forth outside the system. They take time to evolve, stabilize, and flourish. We talk about this incessantly, I know, but it's the whole game when it comes to botanical-style aquariums. Botanical-style aquariums are not static diorama aquascapes. They're not all done or ready for judging gulp as soon as the last seed pot is placed. In fact, that's just the very beginning of a long and continuous process. They are systems which evolve. They have to in order to become what they must. And this doesn't happen immediately. These tanks simply need time. They need time to breathe, metaphorically speaking, and to be left to do what nature intends for them to do. A recent example of this that kind of drove the point home is my brackish water aquarium, which took literally over a year, really, to evolve into something exactly like I envisioned. It simply wasn't there after a month or two, or even six. Our botanical-style tanks, with few exceptions, just don't start looking their best, all earthy and funky and established, for a few months, typically. To terminate them mid-evolution because they didn't look the way you wanted them to is really a kind of shame, and it overlooks the very important part. Botanical-style aquariums are not an aquascaping style. They're a methodology which embraces natural materials and processes to finish what we start, to not only help create and enrich the ecosystem, but to change the aesthetics as it does as well. Of course, there are a few things you could do to sort of expedite the established look of a botanical-style tank if you want to, but they're really just sort of hacks. Ugh, I hate that word. And there are no substitutes for just letting a tank evolve over time naturally. Well, what are they, Fellman? Okay, so you could use some botanicals and partially decomposed leaf litter or substrate, even water from an established botanical-style tank to give you a bit more of an evolved vibe and definitely some microbial populations and therefore some function. And if doing this for purely functional reasons as opposed to just trying to hack the look, I can actually see tremendous merit to this idea. Hell, adding sand or gravel from an established tank to jumpstart a new one has been sort of a standard practice in marine aquariums for decades and freshwater as well. Doing this with botanical materials, rich with detritus, biofilms, fungal growth, and beneficial bacteria is simply the botanical-style version of this time-honored process, right? And it makes perfect sense. Yet, there is no substitute for patience and the passage of time. Looking back on some of my favorite tanks that I've executed in the past few years, it becomes increasingly obvious to, that, to all that these systems really don't hit that look and feel that we expect until long after they've evolved naturally, however long that is. Stuff needs to acquire a patina of biofilm, a stain from the tannins, and a you know decomposition from botanical materials needs to really begin before one of these systems turns functional as well. I mean, every new botanical-style tank looks cool from day one. A lot of people love the clean and fresh-looking leaves and crisp seed pods that are squeaky clean. But the long-established systems are the ones that stand out. After six months, well, that's when things get really special. That's when the bulk of the settling in is done. The bacterial, fungal, and microorganism populations have increased and nutrient imports and exports have balanced out and stabilized. 
The tank starts looking great, it smells earthy and pleasant, and the fishes take on a real relaxed demeanor. I've long held that my favorite botanical-style blackwater aquarium of all time, <laughs> of, of, of that I did anyway, was the one I did about three years ago. It was an aquarium utilizing mangrove wood, extensive leaf litter, and catsapa bark throughout. It's probably the only tank in recent years that I've truly regretted changing and moving on from. And it wasn't all that sexy and dark looking and established and so forth from the get-go. Nope. It literally looked like shit for the first couple of months of its existence. Slightly tinted water, a real contrived looking sort of campfire-like wood stack, some bare sand, and mostly intact botanicals. I had to do a bunch of iterations with the hardscape where I, you know, to get things where I wanted it. It almost looked contrived, but I knew from experience that if I waited it out, let nature do her thing, that the potential was huge in this tank. So after a few months, the biofilm started, you know, forming. The wood started acquiring this patina that we talked about. The leaves that I placed on the bottom and the botanical started breaking down, and the water took on the most earthy-looking, deeply mysterious color I've ever seen in a blackwater tank. Very slight, you know, turbidity or flavor, as one of my friends called it. That was, a, you know, that was as compelling as it was beautiful. It was pretty cool. Yeah, by some standards, the water in this tank could be described as almost turbid, taking on an appearance as though there were fine materials in the water column. Yet the tank had a real magical appearance with the LED lighting. The fishes were colorful, relaxed, and as happy as any that I'd ever seen. And the water parameters were spot on and consistent for as long as the tank was set up. In fact, I had three spawns of rummy-nosed tetras in that tank. This tank had a certain something. I guess it's the essence of wabi-sabi, you know, transience, the ephemeral aspect of our botanicals, the wonders of nature embraced, all that kind of good stuff. Now, sure, there's some concepts which have a broken and look almost from day one, simply by virtue of the materials that they utilize. An example was the pure leaf litter aquarium, which I set up to test the idea of internally sustainable food production for fishes. This system was set up with about a two-inch or five-centimeter or so layer of live oak leaf litter and yellow mangrove leaves to comprise the entire hardscape, if you will, of the aquarium. Yeah, it was essentially finished from day one, at least aesthetic-wise. And yet it only improved over time in ways I can't really explain. Uh, I added a shoal of paracaridon simulans, the green neon tetra. They formed the perfect subject for this concept tank. Once they were out of quarantine, the fishes were not fed at all in this aquarium. I've talked about that before. And almost doubled in size in a couple of months. And it didn't take all that long for the aquarium to acquire a look of a very long established one, thanks to the capability of the live oak leaf litter to acquire biofilms and some detritus. Now, this was certainly not a tank that everyone would find attractive. However, to a botanical style blackwater aquarium geek like me, the aquarium was more than just a proof of concept. It was an example of an unconventional aquarium that was able to sustain its residence for the duration of the experiment. Oh, and they spawn twice. I think this tank could have ran for an indefinite period of time with only routine maintenance and replenishment of leaves as necessary. There was a certain beauty to that no-scape, as one of my friends called it, and yet it took a little bit of time to really get the perfect look. A waiting game of sorts. Some botanical-style aquariums are simple in concept, look about right from day one, and you just need to set them up and sort of wait it out until they start looking more established, which might only take a few weeks or a month or two at the most. A perfect example of this is the tank I've featured a number of times in our blog, uh, one that I've affectionately called the Tucano Tangle, an aquarium set up to represent part of the habitat of the Tucano Tetra, Tucano Ichthys Tucano. Possibly one of the easiest biotope-inspired aquariums I've ever set up, this one really took on the look I was trying to achieve in seemingly little time at all. It started with a simple superstructure of spider wood, topped with several specimens of melastoma root. Don't worry, we're getting more of that stuff coming in in the next few weeks. COVID has held up a lot of these shipments, but they're on route, so good to hear. 
Anyway, uh, it achieved this sort of tangled, earthy, deep sort of look, and the substrate was a shallow mix of sand and some fine clay-like materials, which we'll be releasing very soon, topped with a sprinkling of, wait for it, live oak leaf litter. After an initial settling in phase, this tank easily shifted out of that new and pristine mode into looks like a natural habitat mode, as I kind of expected it would. As the water darkened and the biofilms and the patina of growth took over, the tank became a perfect demonstration of the power of simply executing and waiting on your tank to do its thing and evolve. And evolve it did in a relatively short period of time. Now, other experimental systems I've played with simply take more time to do their thing and come into their own before you'd really, you know, want to move on. However, they actually intended, they're intended for forced iteration, a deliberate change to their composition or progression. Indeed, after the initial setup, the Evolve product looks little like what it started out as. Of course, these projects may take many months to evolve as part of the plan. The Urban Agapo tanks that I've shared with you are a great example of this. These tanks are what you'd call continuously evolving systems. They change from terrestrial to aquatic and back over time. You just sort of keep them going by inundating them, emptying them, and repeating the process. I know, I know, this isn't exactly earth-shattering. On the other hand, in the world of botanical-style aquariums, the idea of leaving the substrate and leaf litter and botanical bed intact as you remodel it isn't exactly a crazy one. And conceptually, it's what replicates, it, it sort of replicates what occurs in nature, right? Yeah, it does. Think about this for just a second. As we almost incessantly discuss here, habitats like flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, igarape, and swollen streams tend to encompass these terrestrial habitats, or they go through phases where they're terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. And in these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other materials remain in place or are added to by dynamic seasonal processes. For the most part, the soil branches and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and stuff remain present during both phases. The formerly terrestrial physical environment is now transformed in this earthy, twisted, incredibly rich aquatic habitat, which fishes have evolved over eons to live in and utilize for food protection and complex protected spawning areas. All of the mater botanical material, grasses, shrubs, fallen leaves, branches, seed pods, and all that stuff, it's suddenly submerged. Often the currents redistribute the leaves and seed pods and branches into little pockets and stands, affecting the now underwater topography of the landscape. Leaves begin to accumulate. Detritus settles in. Soils dissolve their chemical constituents, tannins and humic, humic acids, into the water, enriching it. Fungi and microorganisms start to feed and break down on the materials. Biofilms form. Crustaceans multiply rapidly, and fishes are able to find new food sources, new hiding places, and new areas to spawn. Life flourishes. And it's all part of a sequence, a pattern, a journey. Perhaps what could be best called an evolution, which nature has carefully set up and managed over eons. In our own aquarium work, we can replicate the sequence and processes. It's not that hard to do. The really difficult part is the waiting, acquiring the patience that we must deploy as we watch our aquariums evolve uninterrupted with the steady hand of nature at the helm. That's the magic. It's a process, the part of the journey which every botanical-style aquarist needs to embrace and understand. Of course, an aquarium which utilizes botanicals as a good part of its hardscape follows a set of phases too. And I found that once a botanical-style aquarium, blackwater, brackish, or otherwise, hits that sort of stable mode, it's just that. It's stable. You won't see widely fluctuating pH levels, nitrates, phosphates, etc. To a certain degree, the aquarium has achieved some sort of biological equilibrium. Now that's one thing that's unique about the botanical style approach, and it's one thing that we tend to accept is the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in our systems. We understand that they act, to a certain extent, as fuel for the micro and macrofauna which reside in the aquarium. The idea of leaving this material in place over the long term is a crucial component of this approach, in my opinion. When we do that, when we make those mental shifts and accept that our aquariums aren't really finished in five days or 50, we suddenly begin to understand this whole botanical style aquarium thing. 
It's a dynamic that needs to be understood, embraced, and celebrated. It's what separates the work we do and the tanks that we love from the rest of what's common in the hobby. It's challenging, of course, yet it's perhaps one of the most rewarding things that we can do in the aquarium hobby. And it starts with patience and continues with a waiting game, yet an enjoyable one nonetheless. So stay patient, stay cautious, stay studious, stay grounded, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tent and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.